I am reading Colossians 3, verse 8 through 12. Do that for a minute. So it starts and says, But now you must rid yourselves of all things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. All right. So I have a question for you guys. How many of you guys like to discover new music, discover a new band, new artist, new singer, new, yeah? Some of you guys are like, no, I got my, I got my staples, I'm good. Um, have you guys ever discovered or come across just an awesome band, awesome singer and musical artist, and this is great. Uh, you know, I, I want to know everything I can about this person, I want to hear more of their music, um, but this person maybe lived time ago, maybe they uh, had a long career, uh, maybe they retired, maybe they're dead, maybe a lot of, uh, a lot of celebrity musicians pass away just last year, um, and Prince, David Bowie, um, forgive me, uh, <laughs> it seemed like a lot, right? And so as we, uh, and we, we may come across and hear about some, some musician celebrity, and, and, and they're big, it's like, and I, sh- I should know who that is, like big time name recognition, but I can't name a name, like one of their songs, right, or, or, uh, or maybe I know no one, but they've got this huge discography is like, I'm not too familiar with them, but I, but I want to be. I want to, I want to check out some of their stuff. Um, yeah, you, you may hear about, hear about an artist, a friend tells you, man, I've been listening to so-and-so, and you're like, oh, that sounds cool. You think about him, right? So, uh, and you'll go, you'll go, uh, go, go look him up and say, wow, he's got like 4,000 songs, and he had across like 30-something albums, he had a long career, and where do I even start getting into this dude, right? Where do I even start listening to this latest music? Uh, where do I start? But then you scroll through, you're maybe on Amazon, or or iTunes or whatever, and you scroll through and you see they have a greatest hits album. And you say, aha, greatest hits album. This is where I start, right? These are the these are the big hits, these are the big moments, these are the things that if I'm gonna know something, if I'm gonna know about a Bowie or a Prince or the Beatles or something, this would be a good place to start, right? Because if someone asks me, I know these songs, uh, and th- th- this is great. It's gonna be an overview of their career. I'm gonna, I'm gonna know all the key, the key stuff, the big stuff, the important stuff. Um, all right, here we go. So it's a true story. For my dad's birthday a few years ago, I got him a greatest hits album of Leonard Skinner because that's his all-time favorite band. Uh, Alabama, Southern Rock, country, country rock band, Leonard Skinner. Uh, it was a greatest hits album. It had probably had 16, 17, 18 of their, of their hit songs on it. Uh, and, and I got that, got that as a, a birthday gift uh, for my dad. Um, my dad takes that greatest hits album, that CD, uh, and he uses it to record uh, on a, onto a cassette so he can play it in his car, play it in his truck. You, get, I mean, I don't know, you guys probably never listened to music on a cassette, but hopefully at least remember, know what a cassette is. Um, it's a tape that rolls around in this rectangle and people are listening to music on it. Uh, so my dad takes a CD and he uses the stereo to record two songs onto, onto the cassette. He's got uh, Sweet Home Alabama and Freebird. And they just repeat over and over again. Just those two songs for the full 70-something minutes of the cassette. It just alternates 
Swing home Alabama and Freebird back and forth. I said, yeah, what are you doing, man? This, this, this CD has like 16, 17 songs in it. I just like these ones, right? That's all I want. So that maybe drive around and just listen to those two back and forth. Like, oh, man. Those, those were his favorites, right? Um, from, from, from the greatest hits album. Uh, that's all I want. Just Freebird, just Swing home Alabama. Uh, greatest hits albums. Greatest hits albums give us the, 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 the big important stuff, the broad strokes of a person's career, uh, the major important stuff, an overview of the key moments of something much longer, much bigger. Uh, tonight we're going to kick off a brand new short series in Kiafa. Um It's going to take us to the next five weeks called Greatest Hits. Called Greatest Hits. And we're going to be looking at the big picture, important key moments uh, for a huge chunk of scripture that makes up uh, a little over three quarters of your Bible called the Old Testament. The Old Testament. Those of you guys may be unfamiliar with the Christian Bible, it's, it's divided into two uh, major chunks here. Um, uh, you have the, the Old Testament up front and the New Testament uh, in the back. Uh, the Old Testament um, covers this huge stretch uh, of period with, with, with uh, the creation and then and God dealing with his people. Uh, the New Testament begins with Jesus showing up on the scene, the, the work and ministry of Jesus, and the beginnings of the Christian church. Uh, so, so as we're looking uh, about the Bible, I know a lot of Christians that are pretty familiar with the New Testament. I mean, they know next to nothing about the Old Testament, or they've not had much exposure to it. Um, and, you know, sometimes as Christians, we neglect spending too much time in the Old Testament, right? We want to read about Jesus. We want to read about in the early Christians. We want to read about in some of the little letters, the epistles about Christian life and Christian thought. Uh, and those kind of things. Um, but, but maybe we, we don't spend a whole lot of time in the Old Testament. We don't spend a lot of time in those books. Uh, and, and, and so the, the purpose of the series is to give an overview of the Old Testament. Like kind of the greatest hits, the big moments of the Old Testament. So we have been, been a, a start to have a familiarity with it. Hopefully awaken a hunger uh, to read it more. The Old Testament is incredibly important. Incredibly important for us. Uh, the Old Testament lays the framework that helps us understand everything in the New Testament. We can't ever understand everything that Jesus was about and trying to do and accomplish without the framework of the Old Testament. Uh, so, so the purpose of this series over the next five weeks, we're going to be looking at some of the key moments uh, there in the Old Testament to help us to understand and understand it a little better. Imagine you were to take in any other book and just like remove the first three quarters of it. Right? It'd be tough. It'd be tough to understand the rest. Right? If I were to take like Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince and remove like the first five hundred pages and they just kind of jump in. Right? Maybe, maybe I could follow what's going on, right? Maybe I'd be, I'd be okay, but I'd probably be a little lost, right? And I'm not going to get the full effect, the full experience. Uh, and Sarah looks horrified, like I just, like, I just talked about, I don't know what. Um, yeah, you're not going to get a full effect. That's not what the writer intended. And it's the same way with your Bible. Um, and the, 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 the fullness of Scripture is what God intended you to have. Uh, and and not, not just a section of it, not just a part of it. I want you to know all of it because the, the, the beautiful picture that's painted uh, by the whole thing may give us a better understanding of, of who God is, His purpose and plan uh, in our life and in this world. Um, and, and so that's going to begin in understanding, uh, understanding the Old Testament um, and knowing at least, at least the broad strokes, important stuff of the Old Testament. Uh, so with this series, we're going to attempt to hit those big key concepts in the Old Testament. We're going to unpack them over the next couple weeks. Um, again, many of you may be familiar with Jesus, may be familiar with the Gospels, uh, maybe not, and that's okay. We're going to work, we're going to work him in there. It'll be all right. Uh, some of you guys are familiar with Acts and the history of the early church. We spent a lot of last semester going through uh, in a portion of the book of Acts and, and looking at just the first few weeks of the early church. Uh, uh, Kaifa records its messages. They're available online, so you want to go check out some of those Acts uh, messages. They're available there on the, on the website and on, on iTunes for Kaifa and Memphis as well. Uh, but some of you guys may be familiar with some of that stuff. 
Um, but there's a lot of you may be unfamiliar with well, what happened before that. What happened before Jesus stepped on the scene? Um, and what, what happened during that stretch of time uh, there in the Old Testament? Um, and understanding, like I said, understanding the Old Testament is going to be key uh, to our understanding of the work of Jesus. Why did Jesus need to come? Um, and why was Jesus about the things he was about? Um, and why does that matter to us? It's going to be key to understanding what God's purpose is for our life and what God's purposes are in this world. Um, so to set up the text, tonight we're going to be starting at the very, very beginning. If you have your Bible, just turn to the first page. If you don't have your Bible, we'll have, we'll have some scriptures up there. Your neighbor may be nice enough to let you read over their shoulder. May. I don't and I can't speak for everybody. Um, we're going to just go to the very first page, Genesis 1. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump into it. Well, it may not be literally the first page. You guys probably have like a table of contents and some like preface stuff there, but... Genesis 1. Genesis 1. Uh, Father God, thank you so much um, for to, to, to come together, God, with my powerful family tonight. God, would you prepare our hearts to receive your word? Uh, God, would you help me to communicate only what you want spoken and nothing else, God? Uh, God, would you have your way? I bless this time. Jesus, amen. Amen. So picking up in Genesis uh, 1, very first verse, we see in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Here in Genesis chapter 1, we see that God created everything. There's not anything that exists that God didn't create. God creates the entire universe. He calls it into being, speaks it into existence. And the writer here of Genesis breaks down in each, uh, uh, each of the different things he creates, separating light from darkness and creating the, the earth itself, separating out land and water, uh, placing the, the sun in the sky, stars in, you know, throughout the universe, uh, talks about creating and land animals, fish, and birds, and all these kind of things. And after, after each, um, each of these points in creation, as different things are created, uh, and the writer of Genesis makes, makes a point to say that God spoke over things, that these were good things. And God would pronounce over each of these things, this is good, this is good. The, the universe, the world that God has created is good, it's perfect. Uh, everything about it is just right. Um, and then towards the end of, of Genesis 1, we see where God creates human beings. God creates people. Uh, and, and the verse we're going to look at is going to start in uh, verse 26. So Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So the, the important takeaway tonight, so we're talking about the greatest hits of the Old Testament. This is track one. Uh, human beings are made in God's image. We were made in God's image. Your neighbor was made in God's image, right? Every person you ever meet was made in God's image. That means Right? That means that if every single person you meet uh, has eternal value, has infinite worth, because they were made in the image of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have eternal value and infinite worth because you were made in the image of God. Right. So, uh, Jay has, has curly black hair. Does that mean God has curly black hair? Maybe. And do you have blue eyes? Does that mean God has blue eyes? Maybe I like red eyes. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, so 
So when we talk about being made in the image of God, uh, you know, we, we all look we all look radically different. I think I think it's more than just the, the skin deep stuff. I think it's it's the and the eternal, the spiritual, the unseen. When we think about God, God is is spirit, he's, he's unseen, he's eternal. Um, and I think it's the, the unseen eternal parts of us that are that are made in the image of God. Uh, in, in chapter two of Genesis, uh, the writer gets into more specifics on how the very first human beings were created. Uh, we see a picture of God uh, sculpting Adam from the dust, uh, breathing his breath into him, and it's that moment he, that he comes to life. And, and the Bible tells us he has a, has a living soul, has a living soul. Um, it's that soul, you know, that is. Uh, that's the unseen, eternal part. It's that soul that's made in the image of God. Um, you know, there, there's things about, about, about our soul uh, that, that, that are, are, are like God. And, and so those kinds of things show, show through um, and, and when our souls, our emotions are stirred towards compassion. We want to show love to someone. We want to show compassion to someone. Um, it's in those moments that we're like God. When we have hatred towards injustice, we see injustice in the world. We say, that's not right. And something rises up within us to crush evil and injustice. And it's in that way that we're reflecting the image of God. Um, and so, so the unseen part, um, I don't know, maybe God, God looks like you. Know, maybe it looks like Mark, right? Uh, he's, he's unseen, right? Uh, but but, but in the, in our, our souls are made in God's image. And the, the, the eternal part of us, and every single person we meet is that way. Every single person we meet is that way. You're, you're not going to meet uh, on any, any accidents, any mistakes. Every single person, made in God's image, has, has dignity, value, and worth uh, because God created them and has a purpose for their life. Um, and it's for this very reason that you know, we, we want to love people. We want to treat people with respect and dignity. Everybody's valuable, right? Um, that's why man, racism and prejudice has absolutely no place in this world. And has absolutely no place to the believer um, because, because your neighbor is made in the image of God. And the, 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 guy, the guy who lives across the street from you, he's made in the image of God. You don't treat him different, right? You treat him with dignity and respect and love and compassion uh, because he's another image bearer of God, just as you are. Um, so, this concept of being made in the image of God uh, is, is, has to be our, our, our starting place, right? It has to be something that we understand. Um, that God created us, right? We're not accidents, we're not random molecules bouncing around uh, in a chaotic universe that doesn't God created us on purpose. He created you on purpose. Uh, you're made as an you have dignity and value and worth. Um, okay, some of you guys have met our kids, some of you haven't. Uh, we have a son named Thomas, Jack and I do. Uh, Thomas is nine years old. Uh, some people say he looks kind of like Jack, he favors Jack, and some people say he favors me. Uh, any, anyway, the, the kid looks like us, right? You're, you're not going to go, you can say, hey, that's a drain kid. Um, he, he, belongs, he belongs to them. Um, and his mannerisms, I catch him saying stuff, doing stuff, and I can see myself in him. Um, he, he, he bears my, my, my image, right? And, uh, and, and, and that means something. And so, uh, and as, as, as God's creation that, that, that bears his image, that, that means something. We need to be conscious of that in this world. How are we uh, revealing God? How are we reflecting God? God. You know, how are we, you know, mirrors that are reflecting the image of God and the people around us, the character of God, uh, the people around us. Um, so jumping back into Genesis. So, so we were in Genesis 2. God, God's created the first people. He's breathed life into them. They have souls. Uh, and he's placed them in this um, beautiful, wonderful place to live. The Garden of Eden. They've got every good thing uh, that, that you want to eat, everything to enjoy. Um, 
there's no pain, there's no suffering, it's just, it's just hanging out. God's giving them meaningful work to do, uh, taking care of the garden, taking care of the animals, those kind of things. Uh, and, and these people have close relationship with God, uh, close intimacy with God, um, and, and, and intimacy with each other, without, without sin, without all the garbage, the drama that, that's involved, and we treat each other terribly. Um, there's none of that. It's perfect. Uh, and God's placed these people in the garden, and he's given them one rule, right? Uh, because, you know, free will, free choice would be, would be meaningless if there's no way to, to rebel, no way to do otherwise. So there's like one rule. I've given you this whole garden to enjoy. Every, every tree has, has fruit that you can eat of except one. I place this one tree here, and I don't want you to eat it with you that you can die. Again, again why, why did you put that tree in the garden, right? That's a question for God. Why did you put it there, right? Uh, there's nothing more possibility is that God wasn't looking to create robots, right? He wanted to create human beings in his image, right? With free will, free choice. So if there's no even ability to choose otherwise, if there's not even the ability to rebel against God, then we would be really free. Again, those are philosophical thoughts for another day. But, but you guys, even if you've never even read this story, you know you guys know human beings. There's one rule. What do they do? They broke, right? They broke. We don't know how much time before they broke it, but but by the next chapter they broke it, right? Um, they they broke they broke the one rule. They were building against God. Uh, so something the Bible tells us that we, we have a God that has created us and that loves us. We also have a spiritual enemy, uh, and there's an enemy that, that hates us, that wants to uh, deceive and tempt to destroy us. And this enemy shows up um, in Genesis chapter three. Uh, coming in the form of a serpent to deceive in these first humans uh, and, and, and leaving this, uh, the, the, the enemy the servant shows up and lies uh, to the first woman here, lies to eat uh, and says, did God really say, did he really say he couldn't eat of that tree? Why? Why would he say Did he really say that? And she says, yeah, yeah he, said, he said, we can't eat of that one, we're going to die. And the snake said, you to be like him, right? He's holding, he's holding something back for you. He knows if you eat that fruit, you're going to be like him. He doesn't want you to be, he's twisting his lies, he's manipulating Eve, uh, and Eve, and then Adam as well buying into it. Um, and, 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 and he's twisting the view they have of God and of himself. He says, if you eat this tree, you're going to be like God. But then we just talked about, we're already like God. We're already creating the image of God. Uh, we want to be any more like God than we already were. Uh, they haven't twisted it to make them think God's holding something back. He's got some cookies up high on the shelf. He's not letting you have, right? God's keeping something from you, and you, you better go get it. And, and they believe it. We believe it too. And when the enemy lies to us, he says, Man, God is going to be the best in life. There's stuff that God is holding from you. Right? You can't trust God. Um, and you can't trust your idea. Um, and there's stuff that you can do to, to be better. There's stuff that you can do. And God may say it's not right, but we're not bad. Uh, the, the same enemy that deceives them still deceives us today. They bought into it. They said, yeah, I want to be more like God. Even though they already were like God. Uh, and then they ate the truth and broke the one rule. Uh, and in that moment, an absolute tragic moment uh, in the history of civilization, sin enters the world. And for the first time, humans have rebelled against God. And this perfect relationship they have with God is broken. It's broken. Uh, you know, because God is perfect and holy, uh, now that sin is in the picture, and they can't have that close communion with God anymore. There's, there's separation, there's distance there. And, and, and along with sin and rebellion, uh, and it comes upon, upon the world a, a curse. Uh, the Bible tells us that at that moment, the thorns 
and thistles beginning to grow. And all, all the things that are painful and hard and difficult about life on this earth are a result of sin, a result of that curse. Uh, you can look out the window and see him. The world is broken. The world is a mess. Things are not the way they should be. The Department of State yearns uh, for perfection. And when we look at the world, we say, I mean, this is not it. And this world's messed up. This world's broken. And that's what happens. And sin is a picture. And rebellion is the picture. And there, 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 there's a curse on it. Um, and, and, and most importantly, that, that image of God, the human beings that were created in the image of God, that image is now tainted. It's now corrected by sin. It's separated uh, from God and distant from God. Um, and and uh, they're not able to have that close relationship with God that they want to see. Um, because of the fall, because the bond and the sin, their identity is affected. Our identity is affected. We still bear the image of God, but we're now corrupted and broken by sin. The good news is, God knew they do. Right? The good news is, when God already knew, God already had it. Right, before, before they even, even thought in their minds, we're going to rebel against God, we're going to do our own thing, God knew that they would and made a plan to redeem them, uh, to restore them, uh, to free them from the bondage of sin and restore them uh, in that, that, that perfect state of the barrier with God. Uh, he made a plan from the beginning to redeem us to himself and restore what had been lost. And so we see here, in, in, you guys there in, in Genesis chapter 3, we're going to look at verse 15. In the same moment that humans rebel, the same moment that sin enters the world, that the curse comes upon in that exact same moment, and God gives a prophecy, He's going to send someone that's going to set everything up. He's going to send someone, a Savior, that's going to save them from their sins, that's going to reverse uh, the curse and its effects, that's going to restore them uh, as image bearers of God and to me. Um, it's going to be Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. This is God speaking. God speaking to the enemy. He's pronouncing a curse upon him, and this is what it says. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and you being Satan, the enemy, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. So God says, uh, you and human beings are going to be at odds forever. Uh, but I'm going to send one, right? And this is the very first time uh, in the scriptures that we hear of Jesus, that we hear about a promised Savior that's going to come and set me in Christ. So I'm going to send one. Uh, who's going to be a descendant of a woman. So the Savior that comes isn't going to be an angel or just some kind of spiritual being. It's going to be, going to be a human being. A human being that's going to come and says, you're going to strike him, he's going to crush you. Right? You're going to strike out to him, you're going to hurt him, you're going to wound him, but he's going to crush you, he's going to destroy you. This is the promise of the Savior. Uh, that, that God this. You guys may not know, very, this early in the Bible, this early in Scripture, and then we see, see a promise that God's going to send uh, a Savior. The moment they screw up, the moment they blow it, God's going to send a Savior to And just in the right moment, I'm going to send a Savior to Savior. And you fast forward hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, and this is exactly what God does. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus Christ steps into human history, uh, and God, uh, God takes on the form of a human being. Right? Born of the earth. Uh, so, so you have Jesus here who's fully human being, and also fully God. Uh, and he does something amazing that I cannot do, you cannot do, no other human has ever been able to do, and live the perfect life. Right? And, and his, his, him being an image bearer of God, a perfect image bearer of God, is not corrupted and tainted by sin, not corrupted by rebellion against God, or garbage in this world. Um, and he lives, he lives a life and he doesn't sin. I mean, he's not selfish, he's not prideful, he doesn't manipulate, he doesn't hurt people, he doesn't 
He's the same things in our heads, all the stuff that we do and we get tripped up in. He lives a perfect life. He sets an example of how we should live. He teaches other people about God and how to have a relationship with God. Um, and he, he, he talks about the kingdom of God. He talks about you know, turning from sins and turning to a God who wants to have a relationship with you and wants to restore you. Um, and, and, and Jesus ministers for about three years and then he's arrested. The religious leaders, they didn't, they didn't like Jesus, right? They arrest him, they put him on trial, they torture him, and then Jesus is publicly executed. He's nailed to a wooden cross, publicly executed uh, in front of everybody. Uh, and he dies. Tragic, tragic scene, the saddest moment in all of history. The only innocent man that's ever lived uh, is publicly executed, dies a horrible, glory, gruesome death. Um, but God does something absolutely amazing in that moment. Absolutely amazing. The greatest miracle of history he does in that moment. God takes uh, in all of our sins. All of our stains, all the, all the corruption, all the stuff that clouds us uh, from being you know, the, the kind of image bearers of God that we should be. All the corruption, all the sin, all that garbage, he takes all that. Uh, and he lays it on Jesus. He lays it on his son there on the cross. Um, and if Jesus is there suffering, uh, and all the punishment that we deserve for everything we've ever done wrong is laid on Jesus instead. And so that when we come to God and buy things, and I'm trusting Jesus to save me, uh, instead of receiving and punishment, instead of being separated from God, we receive forgiveness and grace and mercy. We're welcomed into the family of God. Uh, and we can have eternal life and a restored relationship with God. And we can brand new, clean, and it is when we put our trust in Jesus. In the Jesus dies on the cross. He's buried. Three days later, he's raised from the dead. And this is amazing. Hundreds and hundreds uh, of eyewitnesses there, there around Jerusalem saw Jesus alive after being dead. Uh, Christianity starts to spread like wildfire. You've got all these people. Here's Jesus, this guy who claimed to be God, who healed people, who worked miracles. We killed him, but then he didn't stay dead. He must have been who he said he was, right? And so people uh, start proclaiming that. Christianity spreads uh, and, and across, the, across the world there. Uh, and, and Jesus ascends into heaven. And he says, you know, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. Uh, but through faith in Jesus, and what we did on the cross, uh, we're able to have our sins for you, we're able to be made right with God, and the promise of eternal life with God uh, in heaven when this life is through. Um, and so when we talk about being made in the image of God, and why it's important that we're made uh, in the image of God, um, and, and you may look at your own life and say, man, it doesn't look much like God. And what I see is uh, prideful, selfish, it's not lazy, it's not manipulative, uh, lies, takes stuff that's not, man, I, I know my own life, it doesn't look much like God. Um, that's the purpose of sin and Jesus, to save us from all of that and restore us to be as those really buried in heaven at the beginning. Uh, one last verse I want to look at tonight, I want to wrap up with this. It's the verse that Chris read, uh, Colossians chapter 3. Um, we'll pick up in, uh, in verse 9 here. Colossians chapter 3. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on a new self, which is being renewed by knowledge and the image of the Creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all in the Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Uh, and look at verse 10 there. Being renewed in the knowledge of the image of the Creator. Um, and the 
because of because of faith in Christ, because of what Jesus did, we can put off all of the garbage, all of the junk, uh, and, and be restored to the image of the Creator, the way that God designed us to be. Um, I believe that my phone blowing up in my pocket means that the pizza is probably uh, <laughs> on its way. Could, could you check make sure the pizza is not lost? Um, sorry, that wasn't distracting at all. I'm just like inspiring you. So, um, yeah. Uh, being renewed uh, in the non-image of So God's made a way for us to be restored um, as, as image bearers of God uh, through faith in Jesus. Um, and you, so you may you may be here tonight and say, God, I've never, I've never put my trust in Jesus this way. I've never prayed and asked God to forgive my sin before Jesus stood on the cross. I've never really thought about being an image uh, bearer of God as some new stuff. Um, and we're going to just to, to pray and to think about that. Um, the, the band's going to come up in a minute. Um, and we're going to have, have some time to worship and respond. And we'll go a little bit together. Um, but that's, I want you guys to, 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 to kind of meditate on think on this idea of being made in the image of God. And you may have been told by somebody somewhere in this life that, you, that you're worthless, that you're not going to amount to anything. Right? That you're a mistake, an accident. Uh, all these kind of things, terrible things human beings tell each other. Um, but it's just not true. It's just not true. You were made on purpose. Uh, and you buried the image of your creator. Uh, and, and you may feel like uh, it's buried deep down under a lot of sin and a lot of garbage. Um, and I can wipe that away in an instant. You can forget that. You can clean up. You can have a fresh start tonight. You can be made in it tonight. Um, and, and so I want to give you guys a chance to respond to that uh, in, in prayer. Um, Get the back uh, Father God, thank you so much for your work. As if, if we're here and, and, uh, and we're looking at just the very, very beginnings of Scripture, the very first revelation we have about you and the creation, um, God, help us not to miss this important point, God, that the one made in your image is all human beings. Uh, God, we're made on purpose in your image, God. Um, God, help us to reflect that image, God, to the people around us. Um, and the things that are true of you, you make us true of us as well. Um, and for, for, for believers, for calling you, that we have a relationship with you, um, God, I it. And it says in your we can put off all these things. Uh, God, I plow and take that image that make us have a poor reflection of you, God. Um, and help us to live in a way that honors you and pleases you. Uh, God, if there's anyone here tonight and they never asked you to save them from their sins, they never prayed and asked you, God, to forgive them. Um, and, make them new and, and restore them as the image bearers God and, and give them eternal life out of heaven to you. At the end of the day, they take that step to know this because we're around the time of worship and they respond and turn to you in that way. Father God, we love you. Uh, and this is near into this time of worship, God. I pray that you just meet us here with your presence. God, that we praise you, that we give you all the honor.